You know, 62% of millennials say they're willing to spend $7 on coffee because it makes them happy. <laughs> I hate to be like a Dave Ramsey, Susie Orman here, but like, yeah, yeah. one, like, what coffee are you buying at $7? I've never, I like, Starbucks is like $3.50. Even, no, even no. if I go nitro cold brew, I can get it for like $5.50. I don't but know. $7 Starbucks? a day? Starbucks is expensive, man. They they've increased. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, Starbucks is expensive, and I've never spent seven dollars on a coffee. So I'm like, what? Like, well, what are you ordering? Well, because you get like black coffee. Yeah, you don't. You need don't. You don't else. get. The you don't need the sugar. Oh, Justin Green is the founder of Assist FP, a registered investment advisor in the state of Massachusetts. Colton Etherton is a financial advisor and founder of Out of the Office Planning, a registered investment advisor in the state of Oregon. This podcast is for informational purpose only and is not advice. All opinions expressed by the host or their guests are solely theirs and do not reflect Assist FP or Out of the Office Planning. Talk to your advisor if you have any questions. What's up, Colton? Welcome back. Hey, Justin. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Coming fresh off the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you were traveling, so... Um, Hope you're settled back in, but we've got a fun little conversation lined up today. Uh, let's talk about some financial happiness. Yeah, this uh, what was it? Empower study is pretty interesting. I think you know the overall uh, uh, sentiment of the study, and especially when you look at it broken down by the generations, it's it's uh, fascinating to say the least. Yeah, we'll link to the survey, but Empower, um, a financial software company, I guess, probably the best way. They do some retirement plans as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a study, and it's called Financial Happiness. I'll link to it. Before we dive in, what are your thoughts on surveys? Mm. That's a good question, man. I wasn't expecting that one. Um, <laughs> I... I like them, but also I think it can be very skewed to to blanket that across, you know, whether it's a generation or a group or whatever it may be. Um, what about you? Yeah, I share similar sentiments. I um, You don't want to ignore the data, but you also have to consider there's significant limitations. And uh, mm-hmm. one of the biggest... Um, not biases, but one of the biggest limitations is that it's Mm self-reported. So a lot of it, you have to kind of take with a grain of salt and just realize that eh, there might not be some accuracies in there. So with that being said, let's dive in. Mm -hmm. And uh, just wanted to preface with that of some of this is ludicrous. (laughs) (laughs) Some of it, I'm like, that's a good point. And Uh uh, we shouldn't discount that. But some of the findings in here, uh, is absolutely ludicrous. So they, you know, the details on the survey is it was about 4,000 individuals between, I think it was like one week in August where they did online survey responses, 18 years and older, and the survey supposedly weighted to be nationally representative, age, gender, education, race, region, income, size of household, etc. Uh, so I don't know what any of that means, but that's kind of what the Sorry, 2,000, not 4,000 individuals. So take that with uh, a grain of salt as we kind of talk about this. That's a small group, man. They couldn't have done more. Yeah, it's it's a small group. So if you think about it, because they break out uh, Gen X, Gen Y, some millennials, Gen X, boomers, I believe, and then Mm -hmm. Gen Z. And so think about that. It's probably like 500 each. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be hard to get a real 
representative view here. Uh, but there's some interesting takeaways. The first one I want to talk about is millennials think they need $525,947 and probably like 23 cents of annual salary to feel happy. Yeah, that's a, that's quite the fucking number. Um, That is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. Real quick before we dive in, Gen Z was Mm -hmm. 128,000 living in a big city. That could be right. Uh, 130 for Gen X and then 124 for Boomers. And then in the middle, <laughs> we'll show you this chart. Millennials are just through the roof at 525. God. Um. Yeah. Th- those numbers are interesting too, because like how they get down to that specific dollar amount is, you know, they must have asked yeah. a couple questions or ranges and then averaged it or something. But I feel like they could have had a at least like a more round number than as specific as they got. But Man, that is wild. That's what one percent of earners in that amount, right? If I remember, oh, my old it's got to be pretty record. close. Yeah, they mention it somewhere, but it's got to be at least like top one to two percent, maybe. Yeah. Um, and I would imagine if you were a millennial earning that, it's got to be top like point one percent. I'm making that number up, but I would I would guess. Yeah, it's um, I blame Instagram. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. It's fucking Instagram and TikTok, man. People thinking, you know, they need that much to do all this extravagant shit or people selling shit saying that they could, you know, have Yeah, there's a lot of people showing fake highlight reels on social media Mm -hmm. that I think is giving our generation this false sense of belief that one, they actually make that much money, which they probably don't. Mm -hmm. And two, that you need that much money to be happy. I mean, you, you just you don't you know what i mean like you're well beyond meeting basic needs and it's interesting because if you go down through here they talk about like some of the things that are most important for financial happiness is like you know having enough money to live alone you know having a good work-life balance being able to you know not rely on someone else financially ability to withstand unexpected financial needs you don't need 500 plus thousand dollars to, to reach these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was just, it blew my mind to see that number. Yeah, that's, I mean, I've worked with a number of them and I'm sure you have two of people that actually earn, you know, around that, but it's, it's few and far between. And there's plenty of people we've worked with, with earning a lot less that do not need that amount to, to be happy. I mean, I, think I know people pe- making that money, but that aren't happy, by the oh, way, yeah. it has nothing, it has nothing to do with the money. Uh-huh. Um, so that's honestly my biggest issue with the whole study is that people are not issue, but the biggest concern is that like, do people really believe that money, their happiness is that dependent on money? Because up until a basic level and there's, you know, the studies I say about 75 K, but it's a little outdated, but once your basic needs are met and you know, you're investing and growing your, your net worth a little bit, the happiness factor is almost negated by money, right? Yeah. You can Mm -hmm. get more luxuries and stuff, but overall the money itself isn't what's going to make you happier. Right. Yeah. I think, 
I don't know. I, th- I think it's like we already said, Instagram or TikTok, giving people this false sense of that's what you need. Um, it just it blows my mind. Like I, that's a hell of a lot of money to be making in a year, and it's really the simple things that are going to make you happy. As, at least when it comes to money, right? Like you can go to the store and you don't have to look at the prices to buy the steak you want or something simple like that. Right. Um, I forget who it is. Someone talked about, there's like three levels of wealth and it's the three levels are when you go to the restaurant, like level one is like you, you have to look at the prices of mm-hmm. what you're ordering. Um, one of the levels is obviously like you don't look at all, like you can order whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I forget what the third level is. I think it's somewhere in the middle there. I forget what it is. Or maybe it's like not being able to go out to eat at all. I can't remember. But there was like, it's very simple. There's only three levels and these are it, right? It's mm-hmm. like based on how you can order at a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, exa- exactly. Like As simple as that. Like, can we just go out to eat without it being like a big deal to the budget? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, easy, right? Like, can What we else just- jumped out to you during in this study when you were reading it? 67%. I don't know if this is overall... Yeah, it is of Americans. So 67% of the people that responded to the study believe their employer has a responsibility to help with financial planning, especially with retirement and 401k options. So, which is interesting. So I'm curious if they mean just with helping them pick the investments in their 401k, you know what I mean? Or if they actually mean full on financial planning. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. Like I would need more context that. on that. Like, are they saying like we should have more of uh like more of a match, right? Mm-hmm. Like more like should the company be providing more? Because that's you know, the reality is, is our parents, our their generation, they had pensions, right? Yep. We're like the first yep. generation that's fully responsible for our retirement. And yeah, some companies will do a match, but it's usually only maybe three to five percent. And the reality is, is those are really kind of handcuffs. They're just trying to, mm-hmm. um, you know, give you enough benefits, health insurance, maybe stock options, et cetera. But they're trying to keep you with the company long term. They're incentivizing you. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, you know, a lot of and a lot of companies are actually getting away from that. There's a big one. Um, I IBM? forget who it was. Was yeah, it's IBM, right? Yep. They're 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 yep. going away from it. They're, they're doing like a one percent match or something like that, right? For everyone. But then the responsibilities or they're no, they're given like a one percent raise or something, but the the responsibility, I don't remember the details, but they I remember that was a big stir recently is they're mm-hmm. they're dropping their plan. Yeah. Um, they're, they're so yeah, pension, I would be right? I didn't think it was a pension, to be honest with you. I thought I thought it was like we're gonna just raise your income, but you're you're responsible for um contributing the four oh one K. I think it was like a one percent match across the board, like whether you're contributing or not. And they raised incomes a little bit, but got rid of the mm-hmm. responsibility. I think. Uh, don't quote me on the details. Um, we can pre- maybe we can find an article, put it in the show notes there. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I would wonder about. That is like financial planning. Are they looking for um, more help in the overall financial planning, or just like more help with their four hundred one k? Because that's a big I see difference. like an opportunity from our end. I see an opportunity there of like coming in and you know offering elements to a company for their employees and offering maybe some like group planning sessions getting them a scorecard type thing um where i see there could be some big opportunities for financial advisors to maybe partner 
with employers to help mm -hmm. on that end. Um, I know some do that now, but I think that's probably a big opportunity for young advisors to to really be able to help out. Yeah, for sure. I actually I just had a call with some advisors recently that um, that's kind of what they were starting to do was to they're going to go work more with company retirement plans because most of them, I'd argue, they um, they have an advisor on the retirement plan, but it's usually like, oh, we'll meet with you like one, you know, one, one time a year or something, go over high level stuff and then that's it. Um, so they're looking to do more intense, I don't want to say intense, but actual beneficial um, relationship with the retirement plans. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, 62% of millennials say they're willing to spend $7 on coffee because it makes them happy. <laughs> I hate to be like a Dave Ramsey, Susie Orman here, but like yeah, yeah. one, like what coffee are you buying at $7? I've never, I like Starbucks is like three fifty. Even no, Even if no. I go nitro cold brew, I can get it for like five fifty. I don't but know. $7 Starbucks? a day. Starbucks is expensive, man. They they've increased. That's what I'm saying. Like it, Starbucks is expensive, and I've never spent seven dollars on a coffee. So I'm like, what? Like, well, what are you ordering? Well, because you get like black coffee. Yeah, you don't. You need don't. You don't else. get the. You don't need the sugar. Oat milk or the hemp milk, and then all the syrups, and then the. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> no, I, I know that's that's crazy. Um, I hate to do that, right? Because like you never want like. But yeah, you, you got to add that up. That's like twenty five hundred dollars yeah. a year. If you get seven dollar coffee every single day, it's twenty five hundred dollars a year. Not to mention, like, sh you probably get a snack every now and then. Mm -hmm. It starts to add up, right? You know, we talk a lot about there's these little dials. It's not always just like a couple dials that you can turn. Mm -hmm. That's a little dial that, man. But I yeah, need I, coffee. I love coffee, so this isn't even a stance I want to take. But I'm I know seven dollars <laughs> a day. I, know, I was going to say the same thing. Like I, I, you know, I, I have a couple cups a day um, and I'm with you, but every once in a while, you know, some Dutch bros or, or we're, we're lucky over here. One of our best friends works at a, the coffee shop right down the street. So every once in a while we get, you know, a little gift there. Um, and that's <laughs> every once in a while. That's kind so of this nice. says yeah, a yeah. coffee a day. I know. Sixty two percent are willing to spend seven dollars a day. Mm -hmm. I'd also I'd argue, I bet you those are the same people who go buy lunch every mm -hmm. day. You know what I mean? It adds up, you know, the Yeah, probably a good twenty, twenty five bucks a day on between lunch and coffee. Yeah, abs oh absolutely. You know, if you if you mm -hmm. took the time to I did this when I was younger. Uh, before I even got into financial planning, I worked in like an office and every day we would we would walk out and we'd go across the road to the pizza buffet or down the road to the sub sub shop. And, you know, it was like three, four times a week. And, and mm -hmm. it really does add up. And I was making like thirty two thousand dollars a year. Then living in Kansas goes a little bit farther there. Yeah. Uh, shout out to the little Apple. But <laughs> yeah, the um, you know, I fell victim to that, too. Mm -hmm. Right. So when I was younger, but you start to realize how much it makes a dent. Yeah, for sure. I I don't know. I'd rather save that for a couple of days and actually like do a better dinner with the family or something like that. You know what I mean? Uh, but again, well, I would argue that's why like 
money's not helping with your happiness, mm-hmm. right? Because you're not aligning it yeah. appropriately, right? Like, I love coffee. I'm not spending seven dollars a day on coffee because it, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't make me that happy. And and I love coffee. Yeah. So I mean, I think it's like an alignment issue. You know, it really jumped out at me. And this one, Which this one? one makes me mad. Uh-oh. Um, where to go? Where to go? Sixty-two percent overall. Fifty-nine percent of millennials filled in the blank on this sentence. I would give up blank if it meant I could achieve financial happiness. They said they would give up working out. What? How many? What? <laughs> 62% overall, 47% of Gen Z, shout out to them. Apparently they're the healthiest generation we have. <laughs> 59% of millennials, so almost, you know, six out of 10. Oh, yes. 63% of Gen X and then seven or 69% of boomers because yeah, that's a good thing to do is stop working out when you become a boomer. Right. Uh, that's like the like you need to be working out <laughs> to extend your life. But that's what like bothered me about this survey is there was too much, yeah. too many things that I was like, that makes no sense. Like why on earth would you want to choose financial happiness over like living a healthy life? Yeah. It, you know, you know, it's also crazy on, on that same thing of what they'd give up. 73% of people said they'd give up social media if it meant ha- financial happiness. Bullshit. I call 70, it bullshit. No, but but <laughs> millennials were the lowest. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking course they are because they need to get their five hundred thousand dollar income ideas. But my point I was going with that is, yeah, I doubt, I doubt <laughs> that many would do it. But that should be a hundred percent. Like, well, there's an irony in that, I mean? right? Is that like it might not help you achieve financial happiness, but being on social media less would probably help you achieve overall mm-hmm. happiness and less stress overall. Yeah. Especially those millennials, they wouldn't be thinking they need fucking 500 and whatever thousand dollars a year. And they'd be more closely that had to have been, tied to their financial dude, happiness. That's got to be an outlier. That, that number is woo, ridiculous. If you're listening to this and you want to make $500,000 a year, that is fine. Don't tie your happiness to mm-hmm. it because that number is ludicrous. You can be happy at 100,000, 150,000, maybe less, maybe more, mm-hmm. depending on where you live, your family situation, et cetera. Um, 500,000 is a lot of money. Stop listening to all the people on Instagram telling you it's not. I mean, it's a lot of money. You can you can live comfortably. You can have your basic needs met. You can invest a lot of money each year. You can go on the trips you need to take. Uh, maybe you can't buy a yacht and uh, party it up every single weekend, but you can live a damn good life. Yeah. Uh, sure. on much less than 500,000. Yeah. It's really, man, I think the financial happiness points point, just coming back to what we said earlier, where it's like, you just want to be able to know, like my bills are paid. I don't got to stress about it. Right. I can. And, and I worked with a young couple recently, uh, you know, and the wife was like, I just want to know that same thing. Like the bills are covered. That's okay. And like, I enjoy going, trying new restaurants, right. Like with the family, I want to be able to know I can do that like once a week and not be concerned. Like when you break it down, that's pretty fucking simple, right? Um, you know, it's maybe a hundred bucks a week that you need to do that. Maybe depending on the restaurant. Um, I don't know. I, I find all this fascinating and want to talk to these people that well, responded. <laughs> it, it is fascinating because it really does give you an insight because you can't tell them like people aren't wrong for thinking the way they're thinking. No, right? no, not at all. Um, 
And so it's like, I mean, the $500,000, that is wrong. That is not going to buy you happiness. <laughs> but like when we get deeper in, right? So like, for example, top goals for the year ahead, right? Mm -hmm. So 48% want to eat healthier and work out more, which completely contradicts what they said above. Uh, 45%, they just want to spend more time with family and friends, right? That's, that's, that's huge. That, I, I love seeing that towards the top, mm -hmm. those, both of those, because those really you don't need a significant amount of money to achieve those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You need maybe a little bit more than, you know, the average income, but those aren't huge monetary goals to help you reach happiness. So mm -hmm. it's like, those are achievable for a lot, a lot of people. You keep going down, saving for retirements, 37%, paying off personal debts, 33%, building an emergency fund, buying a new car, treating yourself to day-to-day -day luxuries, more buying a house, Maxing out 401k contributions, getting a new job that pays more. <laughs> Falling in love is the top goal for 14% of them. I didn't see that until no, now. Um, yeah. <laughs> and we fall in love with the right person. That might make you financially happier. Yeah. But it might get you that 500000 Could make you. Could also go the other way too. So you never know. <laughs> so I think it was very cool to see like what goals they're working on. I think that was, that was really cool. And then um kind of to wrap up the study if you go down all the way to the bottom it's like what would the positive effect so what is this is kind of telling me what does financial happiness mean to the people who are being surveyed 84 percent said help families build generational wealth that was the top one i love that because that's what i'm trying to do right i'm mm -hmm. trying to build generational wealth for my family and i'm trying to help my clients build generational wealth a lot of them are, are parents or they're soon to be parents and so that is ultimately i think the top goal you just have to define what is generational wealth, uh, but then allow people to have more hobbies was towards the top, make people healthier, make people more willing to pay it forward, you know, uh, make society more generous, make people kinder. This is what people would think would happen if there was more financial happiness across the board in society. And so I think that's pretty cool to see is kind of how they're defining the impact of that. Yeah. I like I'm I'm still scrolling down here. Um, it's at the way way bottom. Long study. Yeah, positive effect. I love it. I you know what's interesting is yeah a lot of these you don't need a lot of money to to do besides you know maybe generational wealth. Um, but even then, I mean, I don't think you need a lot of money on a consistent basis if you start and are and are consistent, right? Um. You can start. You can start so small mm -hmm. with some micro actions mm -hmm. that'll really put you on a good path to building generational wealth. But also, part of building generational wealth isn't the money you pass on; it's the money beliefs, mm -hmm. it's the money behaviors, um, and so it's it's so much more than just you know creating this large trust fund for your children. That's probably going to destroy generational wealth. Yep. I was listening to a podcast yesterday. Um, it was actually with an advisor and he was talking about how he would pay his children for every book they read up until like 30 books. I saw that. And it started at like $50 a book and it went all the way up to like $300 a book once they were older. Cause he had to counter for the fact that they could go work a part-time job, you know, so he had to make it worth mm -hmm. it. And it's like, that is super beneficial. Those kids are much more likely to achieve generational wealth than probably the trust fund kid yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's so much more than the dollar amount. And I think that's what I want people listening to here is that financial happiness is much more achievable than 
than you think, mm-hmm. especially if you're someone thinking you need $525,000 in annual income. The goalpost is not that far out, my friend. Maybe you have some inner work to do. You do not need that much money to be happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That I get the idea of wanting to make that much money because then you are extremely comfortable, right? Um, but the goalpost of being financially happy is way closer than that. Um, I, I think it'd For be, sure. I think I'm it'd not be interesting. saying you have to stop. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be interesting to sit down with some of those people, um, you know, and, and go through like that, that goals, vision exercise that I've shown you and that we've, we've shared, um, you know what I mean? To really see like, okay, well, what is it you want to do? Like, why do you think you need this much money? You know what I mean? Really, yeah, really hash that out and, their true and vision. talk through that whole money beliefs and vision and all that conversation. That would be, that'd be fascinating because I'd be curious to hear what those answers are. Yeah, that was a really good segue that you didn't even plan. But <laughs> the last thing I was going to note on this is towards the bottom, it says the secret to financial happiness, the power of advice and planning. Mm-hmm. So Empowered's doing our job for us here and pitching this. But it says majority of Americans, 73% say a solid financial plan would bring them happiness. All right, I'll agree with that. The best thing I think yeah. that we found in this study. I think, I think and a it, lot of people yeah. just want to know where things are at and where it's going and have some kind of plan, right? Um, yeah, and then 57% of Americans wish they would have gotten advice sooner. Mm. Love that. 45% say they haven't gotten the advice they need. 55% of Gen Zers and 57% of Millennials said that. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd argue that a big part of that is our fault as an industry. Oh, 100%. We're not that accessible. But 100% our fault not being accessible because we, I say we, I wouldn't necessarily include myself in this anymore, but as an industry, want to work with people that already have money because of the way that our businesses have been set up historically. Um, Therefore, a lot of these people are left out. For sure. Anyone listening, both Colton and I, we work with we work with people every day who are quote unquote not rich yet, mm-hmm. right? I hear that a lot. It's like, hey, I got a question, but like I, I'm not rich. I don't have that much money, so I probably can't work with you. Mm-hmm. Um, both Colton and I, we work with people every day that are quote unquote not rich yet. So mm-hmm. if that's you, you've been listening and you think you need some help, reach out to one of us, whichever one you um you relate to more and you know see if we can help you out. And a lot of times we always try and try and leave you better than, than you came, even if you don't work with us. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're always trying to steer people in the right direction. And um, yeah, I mean, the one thing that they didn't put in this that I really would have liked to see is where are people at now? I don't think that was in here. What do you right? mean? So we get the like, Oh, they think they need 525,000 to uh, be happy. But did we get, like what's their income now? I don't think we got like what is their current income? Ooh, yeah, that would be interesting. super helpful. That would be really interesting. Yeah, that that would have been super helpful, I think, to to know. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot more in this study, so we'll link to it. You can go and check it out. Take everything with a grain of salt. It's a it's a survey. Um but, you know, overall, uh, there was also a big big theme of just stress around finances. Mm-hmm. Um and so 
you know, it's no surprise that they're saying financial advice would improve your happiness. If you're super stressed out about money, um, then it's probably time to talk to someone. Yep. Cool. All right. That's all I got. All right, man. Well, Hey, this was, this was a fun one. It's a good. Absolutely. Let us know if you have any questions on the survey, shoot us a DM on Instagram. Um, and we'll catch you next time. Are you enjoying the new Intentional Profits podcast? If so, go ahead, leave us a five-star review and a written review and let us know what you think.